Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to In a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. These are some strange, strange times. But once we get back to the norm, which we're on our way, the comeback has mounted. Go to visitmississippi.org. Check out all the wonderful things you can do right here. So much culture, so much history. An actual Nashville native, someone that is from the place we call Music City, actually from there, has had over 100 songs recorded by big-time artists, including five number one songs penned by today's guest. Every writer's journey is his own. He actually started out as a recording engineer in his early years and decided to take the leap into becoming a full-time songwriter. But hey, take it from me. Understanding your way around the studio and a mixing board can only benefit your songwriting skills vastly. And in his case, certainly gave him a leg up or an ear up. Okay, that's, that wasn't good. His tunes recorded by Kenny Chesney, Trace Atkins, Gibson Miller Band, Colin Ray, my buddy Larry Stewart, and rest his heart, so many more. So let's welcome in right now to the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. This big old hit songwriting machine and celebrate his life and impact on us all, Tom McHugh. What's up, Tommy? Hey, man. How are you doing, Steve? Okay, so let's go into your studio world real quick. I mean, this is where okay. you sort of started out. You went you went to school. Would you go to MTSU? Am I wrong or right? Yeah, I went to, went to Belmont. 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 Okay, uh, Bel- so I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. And you went there. Did you, so, know, did you know you wanted to do this whole engineering thing? Uh, you know... I mean, we're young. when we're young, we know what we want to do, especially in the entertainment business. You do have a, a sort of an idea of, could I do this or whatever. But what led you toward the, that side of things first? You know, honestly, uh, Steve, I think what happened was I, I got an internship, which uh, for your listeners who don't know what that is in Nashville, it's, a, it's working for free. <laughs> and uh started doing that in the tape room uh at MCA Music Publishing uh way back in the day and um you kind of had two paths really to to go from the tape room and that was either song plugging which is you know going out and selling a writer songs to the artist or kind of going in the studio and um I I always gravitated toward I love the equipment I love records I love the sound of records and I've always been fascinated by you know, I mean, music is kind of magic, and you just, you, you, I want to know how the magic works, mm-hmm. you know, so um, that's how I kind of got into that, and I've just, and I love being around writers, and I love being around players, um, I'm just, I'm still in awe of them today. Did you, or uh, musician-wise, what was your first instrument? Uh, guitar. So, you, a guitar player. Guitar player. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of... Yeah, I am, I, I 
I'm sorry, I was going to say I could beat around the piano enough to write a song. But, yeah, uh, me too. You That's don't want to hire me. Yeah. Don't hire me for your gig. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I've actually gone up in an arena and decided I was going to do one of the arena gigs and decided I'm going to play uh, one of the songs I wrote on my record on piano. And trust me, yeah, I was all and the band, the, my piano players looking at me like, "You really gonna do this?" I said, "Yeah." I, mean, I was feeling invincible. I got through it, but but yeah. it wasn't nothing like him, you know. So he said, "Look, step away no, from the piano. Right. Step away from the piano. <laughs> You're not allowed over here." That's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So well, you, yeah, grow, let, you let, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say leave that to the experts. That's right. Yeah, so. yeah, I know. Well, you know, it's like <laughs> our our son's a filmmaker in Hollywood. He's young. He's out of film school, but his his first feature is coming out, and he's been very he's been decorated as a as a as a kid film guy. He, he was making music videos at thirteen and fourteen with Marcel. Wow! And, and doing all you know, Marcel had him hanging out of windows. Uh, and like saying, Hey, uh, your son's, he's okay to hang out windows. Well, I said, what are you doing to him? He's, he's a kid, you know, but anyway, but long story <laughs> short, uh, uh, there was a point to my madness there and, uh, I can't remember, but okay. So forget that. Let's go back for a second to you growing up. Um, what was Nashville like and what your folks do? But yeah, it's funny. My, my folks, my dad was an insurance salesman and, um, uh, my mom, did bookkeeping sometimes she was mostly my mom you know which yeah. was great um at different times but um so yeah it was growing up in nashville what was really crazy about it and i was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day we didn't really know that music row was there <laughs> you just kind of don't when you, when you grow up here you don't you know really think about it's it, not know, there anymore tom <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, caught up with me, didn't it? Yeah, you, um, you were forecasting. Yeah. That's called forecasting. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, I wish I didn't have that yeah. skill. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, we just sort of, um, I mean, it, it was just a, I mean, it's a, it, Nashville is a, is a small community and still sm- had a small town feel. You had cool stuff to do, but didn't get too big and, you know, it wasn't too fancy, and um, yeah, boy, has it changed. I mean, yeah. a lot of good things. A lot of good things about the change, but then there's, you know, you, you get nostalgic and sad sometimes about it. Right, right. Did you? You. So I moved to town in ninety one, ninety two. We were we had all mm-hmm. this gear. We had two thirty foot trucks of gear. We were trying to create a rehearsal hall, and the only place you right. could really afford to go was downtown. Like on 3rd and 4th Avenue that you could afford property. Yeah, nothing down there, was it? Nothing, yeah. nothing. And then I think yeah. I didn't go down there for four or five years. All of a sudden, it was like happening. And I was going like, I mean, because we, my head was down. I was trying to, you know, bouncing around from uh, uh, writing. You know, I was there at the time. I think I was at Roger Murr or Mark Allen Springer. One of the, we were writing, I think I was at Murr Music. But the bottom line was. Right, right, right. The bottom line was I didn't look at any. I didn't see anything except writing songs. So I, I went down there and said, what the heck happened? You know, so go back to growing up in your day. What, you know, with Printer's Alley, all that, what was going on down there even before when you were growing up? Uh, down, you mean downtown? Yeah. Um, well, it was, I mean, it, that was the place where you weren't, you know, your parents would not let you go downtown because <laughs> it was pretty seedy. You know, it was, it, it was and Printer's Alley was, you know, seedy enough but then the then the rest of it i mean it was honestly it was kind of dangerous it was just like a rundown part of town because nashville uh as a whole sort of like and i think atlanta has done this as well too you know you grow out 
mm-hmm. or L.A. You know, you grow out, not in. So it's not it's suburbs, and then suburbs on top of suburbs on the other side of suburbs. Right. So uh, downtown just sort of got left there <laughs> to fend for its uh, for itself, you know. And uh, so it, boy, I tell you what, though, when they did come in and clean it up, it, it's an amazing, you know, transformation. I mean, it really is. It's uh, it's hard to get down there now. There's so much, so many people. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh... I'm just it's it blew my mind from leaving in 2011 to going back in 2017 or 18. I just was in shock. It was like this is insane. I mean, obviously Eighth Avenue and and Twelfth Avenue had done their thing, and and you know so things were growing, and and you could tell there were some high rises coming up, but it just wasn't like that. And I was going, man, that's no, crazy. No, nothing like this. So you know what's funny, too, Steve? I was going to say, there are riot. I remember <clears throat> when I was young and first, you know, really starting out, the successful writers in town, uh, their, their you know, business managers would invest their money. They'd go buy those run-down buildings on 2nd and 3rd Avenue downtown. Wow. So, and sit on them. So uh, it's a pretty good investment, you know, now. Yeah, I mean, even the even the row, some of those houses, when we were there. So for people that did want to get a vibe of what Music Row was like, it was house after house, these old, cool houses. A lot of them have been fixed up, you know, uh, but sort of still looked old. You know, they felt old, they smelt old, and um, and you just walk. You'd walk into one and write with somebody and walk into another, go to lunch. You'd go to the sub shop. Wasn't the sub shop with the pink building or... You know, so shop, yeah, with the yeah, so good, That's so right. good. <laughs> yeah, your, it was great. Yeah, your buddy Neil Cody and I, who set this up, thank Neil. Neil and I spent a lot of time together, and we, I think, we had a lot of sandwiches there. And what about like uh, the South Street? Is it still rolling? South Street closed. Oh, and, that's heartbreaking. Uh, I mean, it, it's oh, I know, I know, I loved it, but uh, it was it actually just closed. I mean, I want to say in the last couple of weeks. Oh, so the, oh, so the uh, pandemic took its toll on South Street. I, it may have done that. Oh, yeah, man. that and, and I think the real estate value down there, you know, I think some people can't turn it down when somebody knocks on the door to, you know, right. c- come pick it up. But yeah, boy, those were, I mean, what you're talking about on the row is exactly right. That was my favorite thing about the row is the old houses and the, yeah. just the community, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't, it didn't matter It didn't matter which team you were on. It's sort of like, you know, you go, like you said, you pop in next door and go hang out, go grab lunch with your buddy or go meet somebody new and play them a song. They play you a song. And it was just a great, great vibe. Yeah. Well, it never felt like work, but we knew we were working towards something. (laughs) And we we had to get there. It was no doubt. You're in a Mississippi minute. I am with my man, Tom McHugh, incredible hit songwriter, great dude, Nashvillian, actually. He didn't have a long drive when he decided to chase his dream. <laughs> Don't forget to go to visitmississippi.org. Check out all the awesome things we have to do right here in Mississippi. Just a short drive away to a lot of history and culture. Here in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio, I'm Steve Azar. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Steve Azar, Tom McHugh's probably going to Steve Azar have a radio voice, and the answer is no. No, he still doesn't have one, nor does he want one. But he loves doing this show, gets to know uh, his old, gets to reacquaint uh, himself with old friends because he moved to Mississippi to finish raising his kids so I could get to know him for the first time. And that worked out great, but I'm, I'm time for me to rebound and catch up. And uh, Tom, I admired all your work from a distance. We never wrote together, which is weird because so many of our friends, we, uh, we co-wrote with somebody that we, you know, we both did. So uh, it's interesting sure. we never, especially with Neil. So let's talk about Neil real quick because I want to do that. Because when Neil walks in <laughs> okay. the room, when he walks in the room, right, I just turn, yeah. the ta- I just turn it on. I, I hit click. Neil, don't say a word. Don't hug me. Don't tell me you love me. Just, right. just wait. Click record. Okay, now just go ahead. Because <laughs> he's a walking he's song, exactly baby. Right. <laughs> he is. He is, he is a fountain of, of music. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, uh, it, yeah and, and he's he's got a lot of energy. So, yeah. You know, it's it's great. I, I I love Neil like a brother. I really yeah. do. And um, actually, little side note that's kind of interesting. Um, I got married uh, a couple of years ago. And Neil um, was uh, officiated. So Neil, I'm so Neil married me. Oh my gosh! <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> and, and I'm gonna tell you, I thought, huh, this could go a bunch of different ways, you know. <laughs> but I, it, I love it. I love it. But it was it was unbelievable. He, he's just an incredible human being. He really is. Oh, he, uh, I love him to pieces. Yeah, but. I just. I got to tell you, man, I remember it clearly. I was really struggling. Mark Allen Springer had left, and then I remember walking in Mark Allen's uh, office at Murrah Music back in the SunTrust building, right? On, on, on right, right, right. 16th. So I remember, I, I remember Mark Allen sinking into this chair. It looked like he was miserable. I'd walk in there, and you just couldn't. But then you'd go over to where Neil was, and I hadn't, I hadn't started writing for Murrah. I was with Rick Sanchek at the time, but I was on the in transition. I, I didn't know that, but I remember Neil and Randy Van Warmer. So for the late, great Randy Van Warmer, for people that didn't know, he, he had the big hit song as a kid, uh, as an artist, uh, You Left Me Just When I Needed You Most. And, uh, but Neil, he was the opposite. I mean, opposites attract. These guys loved each other, but... but but Randy was so soft-spoken and so sweet. And he was just, hey, Steve. And Neil was going, Steve, I'm white trash. I'm white trash. I am. You know? <laughs> and so, so the two of them were like this dynamic. I was going like, how is that working? So I remember being in the chair that Mark mm-hmm. Allen was in. And I think it had like a suction cup on it that it made you, it put you in that position of despair. Because <laughs> I had nothing going on in my mind, you know. And I, and I remember hearing those guys write over there. And, and you'd run over there. And they, he was, Neil was just so full of life. And it still is, yeah, of course. Still is. Still is. Still is. And, yeah. uh, but to have him marry you, I would wonder how that would go. That's very interesting. Well, you know, it was kind of, I was, I was crossing my fingers and, uh, when we got there and I'm going to tell you, it was the, he is, he's a pro. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. It's amazing how eloquent that guy is, you yeah, know, when, well, you, when you sit down and hang out with him, you know, you can you never know what you're going to get. No, but, but it's it, it brilliant. Was, it was just, it was beautiful. He's got yeah, a brilliant no mind. Question. There's no doubt in my mind. One of the, one of the, the most, uh, what, it's amazing the stuff that flies out at such a rapid pace that is just so intelligent, you know? You know, he's one of those guys you got to bring your catcher's mitt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just hope you, hope you can grab one here. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're right. It's good. Good point. All right, we're talking to Tom McHugh. Tom, growing up, you're 
oh, you're a kid. Um, you go to Belmont. I, I'm interested in uh, an interview I got coming up, an old friend. So my wife's from Conway, Arkansas, and her parents' mm-hmm. best friends were Bo Thomas. So Bo Thomas was brought in by Bob Fisher, the president of Belmont, and Bo was the vice president. They both wrote a book called wow. Real Dream Teams. And so I I'm catching up with Bo. I was talking to him the other day. And he was listening to one of the shows and just said it was really good. And, you know, I said, well, you're going to be on it. He goes, what? I said, yeah, you'll be great. But did you ever get to know Bob Fisher and Bo Thomas? You know, I didn't. Um, they were a little bit uh, after me, I think, when I, I – and to be honest with you, I went there – I went to Western Kentucky University uh, for a couple of years up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. And uh, there was just nothing there for me. So uh, I can't transfer back to Belmont because, I mean, I knew – I. I knew I wanted to, music. You know, to me, it's a curse. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, no and you can't. You can, you can run, but you can't hide. You know. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I came back to Belmont and uh, you know took took studio classes and, and music, bit copyright law, and all you know all the yeah. you know all the stuff that that you know we kind of like to pretend that we know. And uh, they had an intern, a board up there for to apply for internships, and I you know ripped a little piece of paper off the you know cork board and made a phone call or two and you know worked my way in that way so uh long story short i mean i didn't i wasn't at belmont that long um to really get into the full culture there or anything well you didn't need to sort of just fy well (laughs) well i i figured you know what i told what i told my parents was well you go to college to try to get a degree so you can get a job well i got the job you know i went to college to get the job yeah just didn't end up with the degree <laughs> yeah you did it's you know the, the good thing well, is now you'll go they'll give you a not only a degree they'll give you a you'll become a doctor they'll give you a doctorate <laughs> just, oh wouldn't just, that be good well they doctor will they'll Tom, skip it all <laughs> Oh, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? I love it. Okay, so you're go- you're doing this. You're dabbling. You're getting some engineer work. Are you doing, like, the days of the county queue, our boys, when we used to go demos over there? Oh, yeah. Uh, were you doing of some of that? Doing, doing a ton of that. Not as an engineer, as a writer I was. Um, okay. The, yeah, engineering, I, I was the, the in-house uh, guy for MCA Music. They had their own studio, a demo studio for, uh, you know, the writers there, and uh, I was the engineer, and with no with no second. And what I mean is, I had no help. You were by I yourself. Had Twenty yeah. writers, so <laughs> twenty writers, you know, banging the door down to get in, and and then the little old me. So uh, it was trial by fire for sure. It grew up fast. Well, no, I love. So when you're in the studio, I mean, you get all sorts of songs recorded a lot of ways. Some stripped down to nothing. Were right. What did you find? That when somebody came in with a great song, right, and you knew it, you just something that you, you know. Besides making the hair stand up all over your body, um, right? You know, even if you shave your chest, hair stands up on your chest. I mean, <laughs> one of those songs, right? So I, I'm yeah. not not getting that you shave your chest, but but with that said, I mean, did you? I mean, like, could you just do a work tape on it and just because you were in a hurry, everybody was in a hurry, just to go, just let's put down a vocal guitar and call it a day. Um, I, did you get? Did you have a lot of those? A lot of well, a lot of a lot of guys would come in, and you would do that. You would schedule a, a time, a day, to come in and just you know play guitar, vocal straight down, straight to tape, and uh, you know warts and all, yeah. uh, just to get them on there. What what we call work tapes now, you know, where right. you just sort of like recording on the, on your tape recorder in front of, or on your phone, you know, in front of your guitar now in the room. But 
we would go in and do that, and then they would, you know, try to find, you know, start picking and choosing from the stuff that they Right, to do the full-blown demo, which, right? Yeah, which which five songs would, yeah, is my publisher going to let me go in and demo? And, and demo and pay full, the money for it, right, right. Yeah, right. having said that, there were some guys that were so good that, that didn't want a band. I mean, hated the band and just liked to go in and just record straight. So I don't know if I can name drop, but I can tell you, Don Schlitz, yeah, well. a great writer, <laughs> you know, as everybody knows. But um, Don would come in, and he just, he just, let me just sing it, play it, I'm done. Right. Goodbye. Right. He'd send, send the song out and hit records. Yeah, know? he could write so, a song about it, the if, and, and but, every line be that, and it'd come out a hit. He was unbelievable. And it would come out a hit, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Re- truly, a, truly a poet, you know. Yeah. He, re- he was a great, great songwriter. So, so, so you're around these guys. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you go, okay, come on, have you, had you written songs before? Had you dabbled? I mean, did you do a little bit of it at, at, at Belmont? I mean, come on, to make that plunge, because there's a gift involved, and obviously you had it. So it was within, but where was it and when was it that you just said, I want to do that? Well, that's a great question. I um, actually started out <clears throat> um, writing songs. I was down there hawking my terrible songs when I was 18 or so banging on doors okay. uh trying to trying to meet people i ended up landing one song i uh, got my first song published when i was 19 well, and uh that that lit the fire because yeah. i thought well maybe you know maybe there's something maybe i can do this if i you know buckle down a little bit so so you're uh, a western I was always kentucky right. then why you did this uh, I, I i wasn't in college then quite okay. yet okay. Uh, it was you know right before i'd gone to college and then during the summer when i would come home wow would, that's so know, cool i just yeah, so, uh, and it was kind of a great way to, to meet, you know, meet people if you could and uh, just try to get in there and see. But, and man, just being in awe, you know, of all those yeah. riders. Uh, like you said, the houses and just what, just the whole vibe. It was yeah. just so cool. I just yeah. really wanted to be a part of that. So, I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, it was great. We're with Tom McHugh. I'm sorry. He's McCuring me today hearing <laughs> me tom McHugh. uh tom you get to play dj i know you live in in music city i know you're from there i know you were born born and raised there but mississippi's the birthplace of american music i don't want to hear any arguments so you get to play dj would you like to hear bobby gentry or charlie pride oh gosh let's hear some bobby gentry that's what i'm talking about you can never can never go wrong with that a little blues <laughs> You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org as the comeback is mounting. So many great things to do with big old hit songwriting, talent, beautiful man, Tom McHugh. We'll be right back. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm face to face with an angel. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Can I say it again? Can I say the word Mississippi again? Come on. Just to find out all the wonderful things we have to do right here. It's going to be an interesting climb back into the saddle. Uh, we got one foot in, the, one foot in and, and we're looking for the... We're, you know, we're looking to put where to put our other foot, <laughs> and it, it, it's not there yet. So, 
Uh, but we're making a comeback, so check that out. And also, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. As always, I'm with Tom McHugh, incredible hit songwriter. Uh, such a great resume, such a great guy, and a lot of mutual friends, so it's good to catch up. Now, I do have one thing to say. I want I kept thinking maybe Neil married you guys probably 20 years ago, but not two. So for you to be building a doghouse already, you can call it a studio all you want, but that's a little early. I just want you to know. Two years. Well, I know, but I, you know, I figure I'd just go ahead and beat, beat the whole bad news thing with a punch. <laughs> go ahead and get out there. You know, save everybody some grace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm surprised she didn't want a she-shack. That commercial cracks me up. She, I never heard of a she-shack. You know? Oh, she shack. Yeah, I know it. Well, you know, we'll we'll see how things how things go, Steve. Well, it may end up being after all. Yeah, hey, if you start seeing like you know, there's she's starting to put flowers in there. She's bringing fruit over. You know, all of a sudden oh, yeah. you got some new pillows. There's a new <laughs> carpet that you know, everything. Pillows. Right, right, right. All that's going to be. All of a sudden, the girls are playing bourree in there. You know what I'm saying? Like the time you go. <laughs> I do. <go. laughs> I love it. You're scaring me now. How did you guys meet? Uh, You know, we met 20-something years ago. She was, uh, she worked for Hamstein Music um, down on the row. Um, And uh, we actually all invested, a bunch of writers uh, invested in a recording studio. This is back in the, back in the 90s. uh, And recorded a a studio um, called the Mix Box. And it was up in the uh, old UA Tower. Yeah. Uh, you know where that is. Yeah, so, yeah. so <clears throat> we did that, and she was the treasurer and one of the you know partners in the in the business, and so um, you kind of had to go through her to you know to get business done, and <clears throat> we just we we've been super good friends for so long, and then uh, I went through a divorce about. Ugh, five or six years ago and we actually ran into each other at a taco shop <laughs> yeah and uh it's always a taco it was kind of cool <laughs> yeah yeah we were joking that uh you know it's like well you don't have to it's easier than dating we kind of already know each other and we get along great so things just kind of went from there but wow uh, i love know. it uh, bless yeah yeah oh, oh absolutely you met each other offline which is different these days oh, that's oh. right yeah I, oh, I couldn't even imagine couldn't you imagine re- Please tell. Have you written any songs about online dating? Have you crossed that line? You know, you know I haven't. But uh, <laughs> now that you mentioned it, <laughs> hey, listen, you got married by Neil I, Cody, so there ain't no. You can't even go there. You've already crossed the uh, the finish line. You got nothing else to do but look right. back. There's <laughs> nothing else. That's, that's right. <laughs> okay. All right. That's right. Your first big cut. Um, mm-hmm. When is it? And, you know, obviously the process of knowing you got, first of all, you hope they do cut it because they're going in. And then you hope it becomes a single. Uh, back when we were, mm-hmm. back with a lot of your records when they were hits and you started having hits, you could make money regardless on sales. That's gone. So we, we won't, me and you won't start laying on the couch getting sideways right now and getting yeah, sad. Yeah, you're right. But take me back to the. <laughs> Don't make me cry. No, I, I will make you cry. But what's that first one that you go? And then take me through sort of the waiting process and then when it you finally heard on the radio and then it was finally a hit you know i the the hit one that stands out to me and I, it was kind of the big breakthrough I, i'd had some album cuts here and there uh and then um really it was a tracy bird uh, song called holding heaven in my arms oh tonight. yeah great song. and um oh thanks and uh it, it was weird because i had i had left my publishing deal and i was actually at uh a 
recording studio, and I was getting a cup of coffee, and I heard a track coming from the other room, a song playing, and they didn't have the didn't have the vocals on there. But I heard it, and I thought, man, that that song sounds familiar to me. And I and I thought, and then the more I listened to it, I went, you know what, that sounds a lot like one of mine. And I said, if they go if they go to a B minor right here, I'm gonna be mad at somebody. Yeah, you thinking they're st- and, they stole it, <laughs> <laughs> right? And. uh uh, t- Tony Brown, great great producer yeah. of record band, yeah. MCA, came walking into the the kitchen, and I said, "Hey, Tony, what are you working on in there?" And he said, "Oh, new guy Tracy Bird that we just signed." And I said, "What's that song?" And he said, "Holding Heaven in My Arms." And I said, oh, "I wrote that." <laughs> and he <laughs> and he said, "Do you want to come in and hear it?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And I walked in, and, and I, you know, I mean, what a weird story, but. That's what happened. Wow. That's insane. Okay, so that, so first of all, I'm glad that they went to B minor because that was your song. Um, You're right. Isn't that interesting? You don't even hear about that. So that's peculiar to me that you didn't hear before they were cutting. They just sort of snuck it in. Well, yeah, right. Again, I'd left my my publisher, um, my, my deal was up with them, and I'd gone to another publishing company, and I just didn't have. I, you know, I guess just they were mad at you. They were so I, mad at you that you that they weren't going to call and tell you. <laughs> they were like, "Well, we we already own the song." So, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> no. So I, you know, it was just one of those things where I think they it, it sort. You, you remember it used to be that way where you could they just decide on a whim I'm going to go in and you know cut a song and right. um and then so it, everybody kind of found out at the same time. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I I have an interesting story with Reba. So I was. uh so I, it was after I don't have to be me to a Monday and waiting on Joe, and all of a sudden the label went up for sale. Yeah, so love we, those. oh, you, thank you. But we we were, we were rolling right. I mean, we were tearing it up, and all of a sudden, um, we're the labels for sale. So they go go make a new record, and, I, and we were they were talking about going six deep with me, and so that was just. I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, I just went into. I, I don't think I got out of bed for two weeks because we'd worked so hard. And then all of a sudden, um, so the, obviously momentum stopping and, and all that. But I'll never forget, I went and recorded. Ray Van Hoy and I were working together, and uh, we went and re- wrote this song called Big Blue Sky. And we felt like it was going to be the first single off the new record. You know, we sort of knew, you know. And so we had mm-hmm. all the songs written. We were ready to go. I was writing with everybody at the time, but you. I mean, I don't know why we didn't, but Radney and I don't uh, I mean, yeah. just so many yeah. great writers. And it was it was it was awesome. And but I was on the road. I, I probably paid a hundred played 150 dates that year, and I wrote 80 songs. So I was bringing some people with me. I was writing alone. I was doing whatever it took. But long story short, I get a call. So so Universal. That we become universal. They hate this song, right? They hate it, and they, and we're thinking like, what just happened? We played the whole album, and we're going like, how could they hate it? You know, and they nobody, not one. And so uh, they basically, you know, I walked out with my head between my legs. So two months, three months go by. I, I've asked out of my record deal, and uh, it could be four or five months. And all of a sudden, I get a call from one of my head of A and R's at the time that was still there. Actually, he's still there. It's Brian Wright. Brian's still there. And, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 so Brian. Brian goes, hey, uh, Reba uh, is recording Big Blue Sky. And I went, what? And so apparently she had walked by this when back in uh, months before when they were playing the song that they hated. 
And she peeped her head and said, what is that? She goes, and they said, this is Steve Azar's new song. And she goes, so, so all of a sudden she goes, can I have a copy of it? So they went on a family trip. Reba, Reba goes and puts all of her, she, she tells me she goes to Yosemite and on, and they come back and all the videos they put to the song, Big Blue Sky. So she said, I'm going to record wow. that one day. So then I get the call back when they're recording it. And then one of the people, I'm not going to say who, who, uh, who's not there anymore. His initials are LL goes why didn't you pitch right. why didn't you play us this song and i went oh my god <laughs> what, you know like you should have played this song i said well i did and you didn't you hated it <laughs> you know so right. anyway and then, right. then we get nailed she wants it to be a single but she wants to put it on this hallmark record so it's it, instead of it going and being a potential of a single she goes here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put it on the hallmark record with my with some greatest hits and then i'm gonna re-record it for the next record and it's gonna be a single that was the whole plan they got uh, in yeah, to re-record a, a, a it. For double the, whammy. Yeah, I was thinking, okay. So they, you get the sales back then, right? They were automatic. It, it sold about nine, I think they sold 800,000 copies or whatever. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's good. Here comes the single. They go in, and at the last second, they go, I get a call. They're saying, they're recording, come on by. And I couldn't come by, and I was going like, man, I was there, but I had something going on with one of the kids, and I'm going to blame them. I think if I'd have went there, they would have had to record it. But they decided, let's right. wait till the next record, because we just did it. And I'm like, oh, my God. So learned a valuable lesson there. But then, it, then I get a call from Susie McIntyre, a contemporary Christian artist who's Reba's sister, and she's recorded it. So I got both McIntyres. <laughs> wow. Anyway, long story short, that was that was. That was way too long, and I apologize. I've wasted all my time, no, all your time. No. But it was interesting. No. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Tom McHugh, we're going to celebrate a little more of his life before we send you guys packing in a Mississippi Minute. Go to visit Mississippi.org as they're letting us out. Our comeback is a mounting, but stay safe and stay healthy. In the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Get right back. I'm holding heaven in my arms Hey folks, Steve Azar here, letting you in on the Guarantee Bank Summer Better Sweepstakes when sending money with Zelle. Zelle is a fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes to friends, families, and others you trust, no matter where they bank, right from Guarantee Bank's mobile banking app. And now you can win the $5,000 grand prize when making Zelle transactions from June 1st to July 31st. Just download the Guarantee Bank mobile app to send money with Zelle at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Visit gbtonline.com forward slash Zelle dash sweepstakes for more info and rules. No purchase, account, or Zelle necessary to enter to win. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Confessions by two songwriters. I'm Steve Azar. I've got Tom McHugh on the horn. He's already built a doghouse, building it right now after two years of marriage. Uh, the only thing I'm going to give him is the fact that he's known his bride for 20 years, so I think he's good to go. All right. Uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org uh, as I preach the beauties of all the things we have to offer here. So many great museums, culture, history. It's right here. Tom, all right. So the, the writing now... You got your big, you got your big first hit, and that's an odd way of finding. You go from uh, Tracy Bird. What's next? Oh God! You get on a roll. Uh, 
I, you know, I kind of did, and and uh, it, it's amazing how uh, it's sort of a momentum thing. I think in Nashville, as you know, it's sort of once you get the ball rolling, then it sort of sort of feeds on itself a little bit. I don't remember the chronological order of things. I, I think uh, I think the next one might have been um, oh gosh, uh, Randy Travis, maybe uh, mm-hmm. a song called "This Is Me." You're not talking oh, yeah. to, oh, and. Um, yeah. Interest. That was one of those stories again, too. It was supposed to be there's a young artist who uh, can remain nameless, but they had the song on hold and they were going to record it. And uh, I actually went out of town on business and I called my publisher and said, Hey, did they cut the song? He said, Man, they didn't do it. I said, Oh, no, you know, lost my go. I can't even get on these new guys. You know, what is wrong with me? And he said, Well, that's the bad news. The good news is Randy Travis cut it instead. Love it. it. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll take that. So, um, yeah, just sort of, I just, again, man, I, I think a lot of it's just, I, I just really feel blessed. I really do. Yeah. I think things just happen and, uh, you know, right song, right time, I guess. You well, know? you work hard, first of all, and we both know that that you have to. But with that said, it you're being very is. modest and humble. You're born to do this, and you're great at it. And uh, uh, great people want to be around you. So that just, <laughs> I'm telling you, you've got such a great reputation well, and rapport with so many of, of my pals that just preach your name all the time. Uh, so wow, it's, uh, that's yeah, really nice It's to the hear. truth. It's the I'm, truth. I, I, you can call me anytime. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep you, keep you up. Just make me feel better. So why does somebody, once again, nobody's calling to tell you that you got a Randy Travis? I'm, I'm confused here. I mean, were you, was it back in the payphone days? I mean, see, we're not that old. So <laughs> it wouldn't be hard for them to call and tell you that without you having to ask. You know what's funny? I think the 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 co-writer guy I wrote the song, the Tracy Bird song with, is Bill Kenner, who's a, <laughs> yeah, he's a, a great that. writer, great musician, <laughs> yeah. Hilar- hilarious guy too. Love him to pieces. But uh, Bill, it was actually Bill's uh, publisher, not mine, who who got the song where it needed to go. And I think I was just sort of one man out of the loop. And, yeah. and I have to say, I mean, even today, I mean, that stuff happens. You know, I, I'll. I'll end up being on a record and not even know it. Um, and then, you know, I don't know why that is. It just happens. But, yeah, sort of, it's sort of you know, your, it's like your, it's like your, uh, it works, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's it working works, out. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, you know, they could let me know and they could not be on the record. I'd rather just be on the record and you don't have to tell me. You know, so. <laughs> have you had songs that have been re-recorded by big artists? Uh, like twice, you know, uh, you like... Re- yeah, like Mark Allen Springer had, where corn don't grow with uh, with right, Waylon, right, right, right. and then Travis made it a hit, right? Travis Tritt. So, have you right, had that happen right. where it took took a second big artist to turn it into a big O hit? Not that well, not that I can think of, except that uh, I kind of had the opposite, where I had a song where um, it was on a John Michael Montgomery record. It wasn't a single, and then and then uh, Jeff Carson recorded it. And singled it, so I had a top five on that with you know wow. with Jeff, and so I was on you know both records, and of course uh, John Michael was selling a lot of units, so I was I was getting you know I kind of kind of got a payday on the sale. Yeah, that was a double years. whammy for sure. Now that was a real double right, whammy. right. Yeah, kind of like the re- kind of kind of except I except a I was a one whammy. You got double whammy. Well, yeah, double whammy. Yeah, I guess so. You could yeah, you could build I guess uh, so. you could build a she shack and your. And your uh, studio to, next door to each other, and then you, you don't even <laughs> need a house. Go. You don't even need a house then. You can rent your house out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now, now that could pay for the studio. 
<laughs> I love it. All right, that's what we're talking about. All right, so now where do you live in Nashville? Give me your address. I want everybody to come fly and send a drone over the top. <laughs> no, but seriously, what part of Nashville now are you in? Uh, I live in I live in 12 South, which is uh, Grant, David Lipscomb. Uh, oh yeah, University. love it over there. It's, yeah, I, I, I'm looking I'm looking at the baseball diamond out my front door. Wow, uh, you're right there. Yeah, it's really cool. I, it's it's you kind of feel like I never left school, you know. Yeah. They they ring the bell, it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> in the bell tower. It's it's real. It's I love it over here. It's That's such a, nice, a great quiet, area. Now, quiet how long have you been over there? Just not not too long, right? Uh, but yeah, about three years. Um, I was in I was in Franklin for yeah twenty six or something twenty six years so uh, yeah kind of moved back I was born and raised in Nashville proper so um, uh, you know coming back it was kind of felt nice to come back to Davidson County so. that's awesome oh yeah you're moving in and all our friends are moving as far out as, as they possibly can I said you guys gonna move you guys move as far out as I did you're gonna have to call and beg forgiveness and have your friends go okay we still know you. <laughs> You know, we haven't forgot yeah, about one of, you. One of us is doing one of us is doing it wrong. I'm just yeah. not sure. Which one. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, Tom, I can't thank you for spending a Mississippi minute with me. Blessings to you and your new bride. And uh, Tom McHugh in a Mississippi minute. I'm Steve Azar. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Plan your next getaway. She's right here. You've been keeping Mississippi beautiful studio. We'll see you later. I'm Steve Azar in a Mississippi minute. All 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.